MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story, always do. It's one of those who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Good Wednesday morning, June. It is a numbers game at VSIN, the sports betting network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, and of course, the DraftKings Network, Gil Alexander, Kelly Bidlin. Live from Bar Canada here at the D downtown Las Vegas. Good morning, sir. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. You know what I did yesterday? What'd you do? Uh, first day without bowls, right? Yeah. So like a two-week stretch. How'd you eat cereal? Oh, huh, what? <laughs> what? first day without bowls. I'm oh. Sorry. I'll show myself <laughs> I, out. I see what you Definitely show yourself out. That's right. Uh, so it was the first day, <laughs> the first day where I got to actually like nap. I took a three and a half hour nap yesterday. Oh, I, I feel great. I think I did the exact same thing. Yeah, it was about three, three and a half hours. Yeah. And it turns out that's pretty good for your health. Yeah, sleep's important. Sleep's wow. important. Yeah. I feel wonderful. Well, um, by the way, like three, four pounds less on the scale. It all, it all works out. Maybe I'll do it again today. We'll see. Uh, on the show today, before I do all that, the excitement is here with Aaron Schatz. His uh, annual pre-postseason uh, appearance, if you will, uh, usually I wait a week. I wait till after week 18 to do this, and for some reason my brain just toggled into, no, it's over. Let's get him on here this week because we want to get awards thoughts. We had Mike Sando on from The Athletic yesterday who's an actual AP voter, one of the 50 voters on NFL awards. Aaron Schatz is that as well. We'll get his thoughts on that and even more broadly how, through the prism of his proprietary stat DVOA, how the Ravens and Niners rate historically, um, what other unit anomalies exist in the NFL this year. Uh, we'll get into all of that stuff. Fascinating from a historical perspective. He's tracked every single play since 1981. You remember that season, don't you, Kelly? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, we also have Will Hill on the show today. We got Mike Pritchard and their thoughts on the NFL. Uh, Jason Weingarten joins us. He has made a bet on a Rams rookie. And the Rams rookie's name is not Puka Nakua. <laughs> All right. So we'll get into that with Jason. Here's this, the, this is for a current NFL awards party? That is correct. All right. Defensive the, Rookie of the Year? The thing with Jason is he will, like, if it's not there, he will request it. And I think that's what happened here. So we'll get into that with Jason Wangard a little later on the show. Um, I have made tons of bets. I am making, I am adding to a certain position here, Kelly. Um, and it really has to do with some combination of the Ravens and the Niners, because I am, you know, I'm super high on the Niners, and then when the Ravens smacked them down, I had to amend that to, okay, I have to allow for a Ravens Super Bowl title as well here. But look, can anything happen? Of course. Um, but if you feel conviction on something, at least the way that I bet on sports, I go hard on this. And I have, every day I, I bet something else regarding the Ravens and the Niners, Iga Sviatek, and in some cases, Novak Djokovic. So in Iga, by the way, Iga, the number one player in the world in women's tennis, if you're wondering, who is Iga Sviatek again? Uh, four grand slams to her name already. She is going to have herself quite the year. 
Uh, I have called her uh, someone from when she won her first slam. I said, she's going to win double-digit slams. She's going to be the greatest player of all time. And, oh, the incoming I took. Okay. Let's just wait. I got Sviatek to win the Australian Open at 3-1, to one, Kelly. I have her to win three slams at 10-1. to one. By the way, I had the same bet last year. She had a swoon last year, so it didn't happen. Uh, and then I get into some cross-sport stuff where I have Sviatek and Novak Djokovic, who did apparently have a wrist injury, it should be noted, uh, yesterday. Yep. But as tennis hardos know, oh, we've seen this act before. <laughs> uh, so I have Sviatek Djokovic Niners at 21-1. to one. I'm going to have to add Sviatek Djokovic Ravens to that position, which I will. Uh, then in just in terms of football specifically, in terms of my exactas, I had the Niners over the Ravens at 12 to 1 some time ago. I've got them over the Bills at 25 to 1. The Niners, that is, some time ago. Uh, and then a bet I regret already, which is the Niners over the Chiefs at 11 to 1 some time ago. Um, I did add a Ravens over the Niners 5 to 1 just to uh, protect that position, if you will. But just to let you know what I'm doing betting-wise, every single day I am adding to some combination of the Ravens, Niners, Iga Djokovic thing. And I, and by the way, that'll include, I will even amend that to removing Novak from it and just doing Iga with the Ravens or Iga with the Niners. So I'm going to be all over the place with that, but it'll be locked into those. Yeah, I like it. I like it. There's, uh, yeah, except for the exactas that I've got, it's just 49ers and Bills for right now. I don't think I ever added on to that. It, that was, by the time I wanted to add the Ravens, it feels like I missed all the good Ravens numbers. Um, so yeah, that's that's all I'm sitting on right now, and it looked like uh, looks like what Novak lost in the lost lost in the United Cup quarters. This yes, morning. yeah. It's Alex yeah. Deminauer, Demin Deminauer, Deminauer, the Aussie, really quick player. Uh, the United Cup, which is a, a team sort of a, you're representing your country mm, event okay. in. Uh, yeah, it's 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 we have the run-ups to the Australian Open. There's, ten, there's tennis tournaments in Brisbane and Auckland, and then the United Cup going on at the same time. The run-up to the Australian Open. We'll do a beating the book podcast. Drew, Dan, and I hopefully will get together and do one when that comes up in a couple weeks. Uh, as far as the NBA last night, Kelly, it was not without its headlines. The Thunder hold off the Celtics in what was the game of the night, at least on paper it was, and it really lived up to it. Thunder's holding off the Celtics late rally. 127-123. Shea Gilgis Alexander, no relation, leads the way with 36-7-6. And, and my question to you simply becomes, if you look at the teams that only have double-digit losses right now in the NBA, you got the Celtics, you got the Bucks, and the Sixers in the East. And, of course, you have the T-Wolves and the Thunder in the West currently. Not to say that there aren't other good teams, but those are the ones with single-digit losses. Would you even get to a point where you will have Thunder futures positions for this year? Or, like with NBA history, does it require a year or two, <clears throat> pardon me, to go through the playoff gauntlet before you'd consider that? Yeah, I think it's uh, as good as as good as good the Timberwolves and the Thunder have been so far. I think when you start looking at, you know, NBA finals or, you know, anything like that, I think it's still tough to... Uh, I don't. I don't. I want to say. I mean, they've been so good. And SGA is a legit so MVP candidate. Chet Holmgren is the legit front runner to win the Rookie of the Year. Even in a year where you have uh, Wembenyama in the race, that needs to. And you're right. That needs to be emphasized. Like yeah. the fact that we've already purged that. Yeah. Like Wembenyama like we is not just the guy. Hand it to Wemby. Like yeah. at the beginning of the year. No, Chet's been incredible. So. Um, I don't. I don't really want to limit either one of these teams. I mean, Minnesota with the best defense. They've had the best defense in the league the entire season. It's a lot of what we expected out of them last year. They didn't really sh didn't really uh, end up showing up. Um, both those teams have been great. I do think though that once we get down to the playoffs, and if you can have a healthyish Clippers team, a healthyish Suns team, a Nuggets team that brings back that same starting five, that's going to be so good. I, I think these two teams are probably still on the outside looking in. Um, and then when we talk the Eastern Conference, there's no surprise, right? It's right. the single-digit single, single loss team, uh, single digit loss teams, like you said, the with the Celtics. Suspects. Yeah, Celtics and the Bucks. I don't think that's changing. I don't think that's going anywhere. Yeah. I, I think <clears throat> that's probably true because you don't want to be prisoner of the moment. That's, and that's sort of the thought with the Thunder after last night. is like, okay, this is great in the regular season. It's January. Could this translate to the playoffs? And it just doesn't happen that way in the NBA. It just doesn't. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, that game had that game had playoff vibes last night, though. It was. I mean, they were up. They had an 18 point lead. I think that was in the fourth quarter. Celtics come storming back, and then they were just you know Thunder were able to fight back and hold them off. Uh, I, th I thought it was a really impressive win. I'm not gonna 
not going to downplay them at, uh, them at all. I do think they are in a tough spot tonight as they go into Atlanta. Drew talked about that yesterday. You're talking about three and four for OKC. A back-to-back after a game like that last night. You go into Atlanta. I bet it's small. I did take the Hawks plus two small tonight uh, in that game. And then the other other games I did bet tonight, uh, Rockets I laid six and a half with against the Nets, who are just falling apart in front of our eyes. You can get a much better number on that. You can get five or five and a half right now. Um, and then I also bet the Clippers, who are going into Phoenix tonight. Phoenix will be without Kevin Durant in that game. How many games have the three of those guys? Durant, Beal. Like two, I think. <laughs> Right. And, like and Devin Booker, only, yeah, yeah. only two games together. I think it's two. I think yeah. it's two. I could be I could be off, though, by one or two. Um, you weren't involved in the Hornets' upset win over the uh, Kings last night. No. You're the biggest no. upset of the NBA season. 15-point dogs. They win by seven at Sacramento. Yeah, it would have been nice. That would have been Eight a nice to one. money line. Eight, Eight to one yeah. on the money line. That would have been a nice money so, line. So then it begs the question, then, what? just refresh our memories. You and JVT, you do hardwood handicappers. Uh, basketball podcast, I'm not sure. And Zach Cohen. Yep. And Zach Cohen as well, part of that as well. Um, I know you guys are usually in the tank for the Clippers, or at least JVT is on a, on a perennial basis. Is that your sneaky, freaky team stinking in from the rear? Is that what yeah, yeah? I don't, I don't, even, I don't even know how sneaky it is anymore. Right? They're eleven to one to win it all out west. You're talking about, but you it. can legit see that happening. Like Absolutely. Just, you step yes. back for a second. And you're like, okay, you can see it. Yeah. And I, can you see it because you've seen Kawhi do it before with Toronto? Is that why you are able to get there? No, not just that, right? It's that on top of us. I mean, they have they have arguably the best roster in the NBA. We just haven't seen this. We haven't seen these guys put it together healthy yet, right? That's always going to be a question when it comes to Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I understand it. Uh, their entire time in L.A., we haven't really seen them make a serious push with those two yet. You add on James Harden, they struggled through that at the beginning. They're all clicking now, though, and th- this team is deep. I think that's always the biggest question with some of these championship-caliber teams is do they have the depth to really roll into the playoffs and be able to go, uh, you know, 8, 9, 10 deep on a, if it's required on a night? The Clippers do. When you have guys like Norman Powell and Russell Westbrook coming off the bench, I, it just it gives you a lot, a lot of firepower, you know, Compare that to what the Phoenix Suns have. Same kind of situation where you got the, you're top heavy with these stars, but but the Suns are hurting a little bit more on that depth coming off the bench where the Clippers, hugely. yes, hugely, where yeah. the Clippers just have so many guys they can put in there and play well. Right, but in the playoffs, your rotations narrow, right? You don't play. It doesn't matter that you have tremendous depth as much because you'll play fewer sure. guys. I mean, I'm always a believer, though. You got to be eight deep in the playoffs. Like that. That is. We saw the Nuggets get by with that last year. Yeah. Um, you got to. You got to at least be seven, eight strong. Right. But you know what I'm saying. Like that. Yep. That, that advantage becomes somewhat diminished in a postseason where you're where you really are relying on your stars, and obviously the Clippers have that, but the depth part gets diminished a little bit. I, I It'll be fascinating. We're obviously a few months away from the uh, postseason, the interminable NBA postseason, where the first round seemingly lasts for two weeks. Not seemingly, it does. Um, but uh, the usual suspects will be there as well. The Nuggets, and of course, in the East, the three at the top, Milwaukee, yeah, and then, Boston, you know, what's going to happen? You know, Lakers, Warriors, right? Lakers, are you going to make moves? Are Warriors going to get you, you know really, better? Really you really believe, know. Do you really believe in the Warriors at all? Even I, Mr. Warriors, no, really. I don't. I don't think it can happen. Again. No, not really. Lakers, do you believe it could? Like if AD decided? I, be- I believe it could. Oh boy. I believe it okay. could. Maybe it could. Uh, we'll come back. Aaron Schatz, the creator of DVOA from FTN Sports on the NFL, next. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Smarter, I know you are, that VEASAN has the perfect holiday gift for you. Sign up on our holiday special today and get VEASAN Pro access to everything we do from now through May 1st for only $79. Sign up today, get unlimited access to daily best bets, exclusive betting splits, premium analysis, and 24-7 video, plus all our betting guides and best bets for all college bowl games, the Super Bowl, and March Madness. Don't miss out on this limited-time holiday offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe to sign up on our holiday special now. That's VSIN.com slash subscribe. Gil Alexander, Kelly Midlin, live from Barcanada, the Barrage, here at the D in downtown Las Vegas. Uh, this gentleman is kind enough to uh, come on the Megapod once a year. We have him quarterly in the NFL season on the numbers game. And I was just telling him off air, I was like, why was I so convinced the NFL regular season was over? Uh, and I jumped the gun by a week. But... As he points out, it gives us a chance to talk awards, which we will do. Uh, he is the creator of DVOA, his proprietary stat that breaks down NFL games on a play-by-play -play granular basis. He's done it all the way back to 1981 to present day. Uh, he works at FTN Sports now, and he's also the founder of Football Outsiders. We, we do want to point that out. It's the great pioneer of football analytics, Aaron Schatz. How you doing, Aaron? Hey, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm having a happy new year so far. Good. So so far. What are we, two, two and a half days in? We're, so far, hey, so look, good. Got to look on the bright side. Man. Yeah, it's man. It's been a good two and a half days, yeah. I, I remember my mom used to say to me, like, if I, this was, by the way, it was not on the regular New Year, but on uh, Rosh Hashanah, she used to say to me, Gilly, you can't be rude to me. You'll be rude for the rest of the year. Unless she had those, like, superstitions about that, about that kind of stuff. So good. I hope it's a poor tent of the rest of your year to come. Before we get to awards... And we have some process questions on awards, too. Um, let's talk DVOA. And let us talk about putting the Ravens and the Niners, the respective number one seeds in the AFC and the NFC in the postseason, into historical DVOA perspective. What you got for us? Yeah, they're awesome, basically. Uh, my numbers have very rarely seen teams as good as the Ravens and the 49ers. And the reason why, by the way, is that the Ravens and the 49ers have demolished the good teams on their schedule. They didn't just beat them. They beat them by a lot. And the Ravens have been amazing this year while playing the fifth hardest schedule in the league this year. Uh, the 49ers schedule has been average, but the Ravens schedule has been very hard. So the Ravens come out as the third best team ever measured by DVOA through 16 games. And the 49ers come out as the sixth best team through 16 games. Obviously, through 16 games means the regular season for every other team except for the last couple of years. Uh, and ironically, the one team from the last couple of years that would be on this table is the Bills from the DeMar Hamlin game. So they only played 16 games too that year. But um, you know, there's one more game for these teams. They're going to sit starters. Their ratings are probably going to drop. 
but through the end of when they're playing their starters. These are two of the top 10 teams that have been around in the last 40 years. This is this is amazing because we, you know, we're in the moment. So our brains don't necessarily go to this historical perspective on it, but at least through DVOA, you know, 2007 Patriots, 1991 Skins, we've talked about that many times before. Those are your two best teams. And then the the 85 Bears are in that group in the top 6 as well. So that's we're talking about that kind of company here. When you step back, you're the you're the guy who came up with this metric. Does it pass the the Aaron Shots I'm a fan viewpoint? Like when you look at it, are you like, yeah, that I think that's kind of true. They probably are that. Yeah, it, it absolutely it tracks. Listen, the losses that the Ravens and the 49ers have had, <clears throat> except for the 49ers losing to the Ravens, have been very close losses. So the fact that they've lost three games or four games instead of one or two. Uh, the fact is their wins have been fantastic. The yeah. Ravens yeah. demolish San Francisco. That's team number two. Miami, that's team number four. Detroit, that's team number seven. They whipped Cleveland the first time those two teams played. That's team number eight. Okay, they beat Seattle, destroyed Seattle. That's team number 13. Uh, other than the close loss to the Browns in the second game, the Ravens have just destroyed the good teams on their schedule. Now, it doesn't feel as like the 85 Bears, but there's two reasons for that. The first is that the 85 Bears were a pop culture phenomenon in a way that the Ravens are not. There's no Super Bowl shuffle. The other is that when we think of the 85 Bears, we think of the playoffs and how good they were in the playoffs. And I'm not including the playoffs. These are regular season numbers only because we don't know yet what the Ravens will do in the playoffs. Yeah, they were they were a cultural phenomenon, and they were also like our mind's eye has a highlight reel of them in a day when the NFL allowed for vicious hits. Also, right? We don't get yeah. that element as well into into our mind. All right, um, some other interesting little quirks: the Rams. They're either going to be the sixth or the seventh seed in the NFC, depending on how the games shuffle out this weekend. They have an interesting unit ranking. Would you uh, care to share with us? Yes. DVOA is not as high on the Rams as most people are. They're seventh in offense, and they're like second over the last seven weeks. But their special teams are the sixth worst I've ever measured. <laughs> and what's remarkable about that is that special teams are super tight this year, in part because every time they make the kickoff rules different, it makes kickoffs less important. So you can be less positive or less negative because kickoffs just don't mean anything anymore. The Rams are th nearly three times as bad as any other special teams unit this year. And they just got rid of their kicker and brought in Brett Maher as their new kicker. But their punt coverage has been horrific this year. They've allowed two touchdowns and a bunch of other long returns. And they're below average in everything else. But what it really is is field goals and punts. That's what's terrible this year. Is your takeaway from that, well, special teams, I guess, doesn't matter all that much in the wash, or is it... Oh, no, it nearly cost them the game against the Giants. It nearly cost them the game. Yeah. It cost them the game against the Ravens, right? They let, let the punt uh, return in touchdown in uh, overtime, and the Ravens beat them. So, yeah. uh, no, special teams is less important than offense and defense, but this is going to come back to bite them in the playoffs. That was, that was exactly the second part of after the or was going to be, or is it going to come back to bite them? And there you go. You, here's our answer. All right. Um, real quick, we have a, a strange scheduling thing. When you track scheduled strength as well, uh, we have a team that played one of the most historically hard ones and, and a team that played a historically easy one. Yes. Uh, Cincinnati, and this is including their final game this week against Cleveland, right? Obviously, ratings will change a little bit in the last week, but as of now, they have played the fifth hardest schedule since 1981. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what happens. The AFC North is really good. The Ravens are super good. And, of course, they play the NFC West. So that means they played San Francisco. And they had a Joe Burrow injury, so it was just a— And they had to play Kansas City. Yeah. Right. So um, Cincinnati has played a remarkably hard schedule. And then New Orleans, who we all knew had an easy schedule going into the season. Right. Has played one of the dozen easiest schedules. But their schedule, it is not as easy as the Bengals schedule is hard. Oh, interesting. And yet are still fighting to make a postseason uh, to make the postseason. OK. And then 
moving forward, projecting into next year, you have DVOA, and then you have weighted DVOA. And weighted DVOA, correct me if I'm wrong, is more of a more recent metric. So it, it, it weeks slough off as you continue. What's the team that leaps off the page in weighted DVOA that we should know maybe as we head into next year? Well, it's interesting because you would think that weighted DVOA is more predictive for next year, but it's not, mm. which is interesting. But I will say the team that has gotten hot at the end of the year is the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears are now, this is wild, seven in weighted DVOA. Wow. Uh, they're 16th in offense. So their offense has gotten a little bit better. They're fifth in defense. The, the, um, the turnaround of the Bears' defense in the second half of the season has been really uh, remarkable. And um, Jaquan Johnson, I think is his name, is the cornerback, is very likely an all-pro. Um, but also, you know, they have Montez Sweat now for their, for their um, pass rush. Oh, but otherwise, it's a bunch of guys, nobody really knows their names. And the, the Bears' defense is playing phenomenally well, which, you know, makes the Justin Fields decision interesting, but let's assume they are gonna they are gonna trade fields. They're gonna have a this really good looking defense with the top rookie quarterback, and then all the money they save on quarterback, they'll be able to go out and get more defensive players. So I mean the Bears are really interesting for next year. Yeah, and you've you've anticipated the next question, which was, yeah, what do they do if if it's primarily defense, what do they do with Justin Fields? Because again, as a Washington guy, I'd love to have Justin Fields, but your your gut tells you they're not going to do that, that they're going to let him go. Justin Fields, the splash plays are more impressive than the overall performance. As a passer, he's still below replacement level. As a total, the total passing experience, not including scrambles, not including designed rushing. So as good as Fields seems to be, for him to develop into something real after three years below replacement level, is that's a really rare thing. Yeah. So I think they've yeah. got to move on from him, especially because in two years, he'll become expensive, whereas a rookie quarterback will be cheap for five. I think if I'm the Bears, I probably do go to rookie, and, and the asking price will determine uh, how much another team wants him, that's for sure. We'll come back. Awards talk with Aaron next. All right, we got to take a break and talk about Zid Nicotine Pouches. We're always debating what a team needs to do to get to number one, but Zid Nicotine Pouches are already there. It's helped millions of people achieve lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or a dipper, look at a ditch the ashtray or spit cup. Look no further than Zin. Zin's made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. It's available in two strengths, so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, every can of Zen earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zen swag, and even gift cards. Find your Zen at your local convenience store or online at Zen.com. I'll spell it Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Gil Alexander, Kelly Bidlin, Aaron Schatz, the creator of DVOA at FTN Sports these days. Um, by the way, Aaron, tell everybody what they can get at FTN, where they should go. Sure, you go to ftnfantasy.com, and specifically ftnfantasy.com slash DVOA for all of my content and stuff about DVOA. And with a Stats Plus subscription, you'll get all of the DVOA splits by down, by zone, historical numbers back to 1981 and all kinds of good stuff. I love it. And uh, as he moves forward, he'll try to get to 1980, 1979, so on and so forth. If he can get there. We're hoping to do 1979 and 1980 this offseason. Yep. Love it. Love it. Um, okay. Before we get to awards, because we were talking about this through the break also, top of the draft. And I think you're right. I think Chicago, because I was a proponent of the Rams moving on from golf and starting restarting at quarterback. They did the opposite. But I believe like the economic struck the economic system of the NFL is cruel because you got to make these nine figure decisions on guys like Cousins and Dak. You know, guys that you don't know if they're going to be Hall of Famers, and you can't over, and you can't now uh, exploit their rookie contract and pay other players. So it's this cruel system in the NFL. But with the Cardinals, you're saying it's different than the Bears because Kyler's already on a deal. Yeah, all indications are that the Cardinals will keep Kyler Murray as their quarterback. And I think part of it is because if they trade him, all that bonus and stuff all accelerates onto their cap. With Fields in Chicago, the issue is his second contract. Right. They don't want to give him the second contract. With Murray, they've already done it. So if they trade him, they have to take a big cap hit that Chicago doesn't have to take if they trade Fields. 
So all indications are the Cardinals will keep will keep Murray, which means the top four, if the top four is what we think it will be, you'll end up with Chicago, Washington, and New England taking quarterbacks, because Jaden Daniels is now considered a pretty clear number three, and Arizona taking Marvin Harrison. Mm. Okay. We got, we got a few months to stew on that. It's going to be fascinating. And I mentioned to you, the film people like Drake May a lot, like more than other North Carolina quarterbacks. In fact, I like the idea of a bet on Drake May to be the number one pick. I think the odds are something like plus 400 or something. Wow. The idea that he might pass Caleb Williams and be the number one pick, I think uh, that's a good bet. That, that, that was Aaron's response into me off air going, oh, no, I don't want them to draft Drake May. We have Sam Howell. What's the difference there? And he's like, oh, no, the film people love Drake May. So <laughs> Plus we'll 425 over at DraftKings. Plus right 425 to be the number one pick. Okay. Uh, awards. You are one of the 50 AP voters for all NFL awards. Now, to the extent you can, because I know now we're getting close and you might want to be a little more coy than you were before, but let's go through these one by one. MVP, your thoughts. The Lamar Jackson thing is really complicated because statistically he's not one of the top three or four quarterbacks this year, but you have to give him some credit for what the Ravens offense has done otherwise because his gravity opens things up for the running game. So it's interesting. Uh, I haven't decided yet whether I'm voting for Lamar Jackson, uh, Josh Allen, or Dak Prescott. It probably depends on some on what happens in the final week of the season. Josh Allen, 35 to 1. Dak Prescott, 18 to 1. Lamar Jackson, minus 20,000. Yep. Okay. Uh, let us move on to Offensive Rookie of the Year. There is C Oh, another hard one. This is hard, right? C.J. Stroud or a guy who's four catches and 30 yards away from breaking both the rookie receiving receptions and receiving yards records. Puka Nakua. I will say it's a little surprising that Nakua only comes out with something like the ninth or 10th best rookie season by DYAR, which is my stat for total value. So I have to look into a little bit more why he doesn't come out higher in that stat, whereas Stroud comes out as something like the sixth or seventh best rookie quarterback in the last 40 years. By the way, didn't you have a little quirk? Didn't you have like Jonathan Mingo as the worst rookie wideout ever? Yep, Jonathan Mingo comes out with the worst DYAR of any rookie uh, <laughs> wideout ever, but that doesn't mean he necessarily is going to have a bad career because right. Plaxico Burris is on that list too, and uh -huh. so is Quinn Early. Quinn Early, and they had very good careers. Okay, defensive rookie of the year, which if you if you were staring at the betting markets, I like to say it all the time, we who, who bet are very much way too close to the sun on a lot of things. Jalen Carter was this massive favorite. And Jalen Carter, like, doesn't even take, a, like, a big percentage of snaps on the Eagles' defense. That is now changing. Where do you stand on defensive rookie of the year? Yeah, I'm totally forgetting the name of the kid from the Rams. Kobe, uh, the Kobe Turner. Tackle. Kobe Turner. Yeah, but he all of a sudden showed up on the uh, gambling boards, like, yesterday. I may like, have. The fact is he, there is now some talk about him. But I, I, my guess is it's still going to Jalen. Carter, it's tough because Jalen Carter is not a guy who gets stats, but like, for example, the PFF grading loves him, loves him this year. Uh, you also have to consider Devin Witherspoon, I think, and, and Will Anderson. Devin Witherspoon's been fantastic, and yeah, Will Anderson's a favorite. Uh, by the way, I may have the guy later on the show that is responsible for the Kobe Turner appearance, <laughs> uh, Jason Weigard, coming up. All right, uh, let us – So, and by the way, I'll just throw this in. So Offensive Player of the Year then by default becomes McCaffrey? Or Hill. Or Hill. Oh, you still, you still might consider Hill. Okay. I would still – I'm still considering Hill. McCaffrey and Hill with um, – Lamb or A.J. Brown or Brandon Ayuk, number three. Okay. Brandon Ayuk on that list. Um, coach of the year, where Kevin Stefanski now is a huge favorite. Um, there are so many really good candidates for this award. I can't really talk about where I'm going. <laughs> okay, because when you were on, I just want to remind folks, when you were on four weeks ago, you were like, I'm, I'm all about Dan Campbell because he's, and I remember your, your thinking was best combo of old school and newfangled analytics, I'll paraphrase. Uh, Stefanski is a good combination of those two things as well. But I think that a lot of what is going on in Cleveland this year is not Stefanski, it's Jim Schwartz. Okay. That was the most coy of his answers. Okay, that's interesting. 
That can I translate that to that's the most confusing one for you, like in terms of who to go with? Probably, but there's a lot of confusing ones. Okay, okay. Uh, here's the one that is, is in in some ways confusing because there's no criteria, but in other ways, I thought you made a great point last time where you're like, well, look, Demar Hamlin's either your number one or he's not on your ballot, which is comeback player of the year. You were pretty clear where you stood with this one. I thought that it wouldn't be Demar for you. It's really hard. Um, how do I say this nicely? I don't want to look like a jerk. <laughs> okay, yes, you really do have to preface. What DeMar Hamlin has yes. done is amazing. What DeMar Hamlin has done to get back to practicing and playing like even just a couple of snaps is fantastic. But are you going for the best comeback or are you going for the best player? Because if you're going for the best comeback, it's DeMar Hamlin. If you're going for the best player who came back in some way, it's actually like Tua Tagovailoa or Brock Purdy or Lamar Jackson, all of whom had injuries at the end of last year. I'm, I'm writing down Aaron Schatz, horrible human being. Let me get that off of my yeah, notes right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't want yeah. I honestly don't want to. <laughs> I'm going to make my votes known, and I don't want it to yeah. be like, oh, you're the only person who didn't vote for DeMar Hamlin. I'll admit that there's pressure there. <laughs> I hope we, we're going to get the news story the next day. 49 people voted for Hamlin. There was one person who went with an actual football. No, it, it, it's going to be interesting. I, I will say, I don't quite get the Flacco thing. If you're, I guess the Flacco thing is trying to balance the two. Because if you're doing the best comeback, it's Hamlin. And if you're doing the best player, it's Lamar. But Flacco, you would think, is the is the default. Like, the guy who is the comeback he's player. He's sort of halfway in between, yeah. right? It's like a really interesting comeback, and he's been good, even right. if he hasn't been as good as, like, Brock Purdy coming back from the torn ulnar ligament, or Tua coming back from the concussions, or Lamar Jackson coming back from whatever the injury was at the end of last year. Defensive player of the year. Uh, a pass rusher. A pass rusher. Okay. I don't know yet which one. All one right. of these guys I'll vote for, number one. I don't Mike, know Micah, one. Miles, TJ, you don't know. No, I will say Micah Parsons does the best in Brandon Thorne's true sack rate and true pressure rate. Uh, which Brandon Thorne measures not just how many pressures you get, but which offensive linemen do you get them against. And Micah Parsons is the best in, in that, which is interesting. Okay, last thing, because we only have 30 seconds, we're going to throw out a wild scenario. Is there a possibility that a person with the most second-place votes in MVP, like a, I don't know, Christian McCaffrey, will somehow weasel his way in because he has the most second-place votes, and it's a one, two, three, four, five system. No, and, enough people. No, at this no. point, I can't imagine that it's not going to be at least 45 out of the 50 people voting for him. Okay, there you go. I don't even have to ask the rest of the question. There you go. Aaron Schatz from FTN, uh, the creator of not only Football Outsiders back in the day, but the inventor of DVOA. Aaron, thank you so much, man. It's always a pleasure, always fascinating. And good luck figuring out all who you're going to vote for. Sounds good. It's a tough year, man. It's a tough year. My man, Aaron Schatz. At F-O, oh, excuse me, pardon me, at Aaron Schatz, is it A-Shots NFL? A-Shots NFL. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is 
finally here. I'm gonna be honest, I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. This week, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $150 in bonus bets instantly, and they'll get the NBA League Pass for the rest of the season. Download the app and use the promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Gil Alexander. And Kelly Bidlett, live from Bar Canada at the D. It's a numbers game. Uh, before we get to Will Hill and all of his plays this weekend in the uh, NFL and the College Football National Championship, um, we were talking to Aaron Schatz through that break as well. And we got a question on Twitter. We get tweets at Beating the Book. We'll get to all the tweets later. But Nevada Azers, I wanted to, to single out because he had asked last week, he goes, hey, when Aaron Schatz comes on, can you ask him about the process? Mm-hmm. And I failed to do so on air. But his question was, hey, Gil, Happy New Year. Any chance A. Schatz can clarify how the voting process works for them? My question from last week. So Aaron was kind enough to answer that, which was the biggest distinction is between the Hall of Fame voters and the awards voters. The Hall of Fame voters get together in a room and decide who the five players are, or the 15 finalists are, and then the five people who actually get into the Hall of Fame are inducted every year in a room. He's not part of that, by the way. Aaron is not part of that, but he'd love to be a part of that. The AP voters for the awards just do it via email. They're ele- they, they have to send in the, their awards in one group and their um, all-pro team in another. But the AP, is, the AP voters for the awards, it's just, it's just via email. And they're allowed to talk to each other if they want, but Aaron says he doesn't. Yeah. You'd have to know who they are, too, and all that. Honestly, I'm more surprised by the Hall of Fame guys getting, getting together, together in like, a that's, Like, that's cool to hear, actually. Like, that that's how they do it. I think it would be great if they did that with the awards uh, as well. But, no, that doesn't surprise me at all. I, his answer wasn't surprising that they all just email him in. Yeah. Whole- and and I, I think that, that part on comeback, like, I mean, he said it. I mean, how many, how many guys are just going to feel the pressure? Because they don't. I brought that up once. Because yes. they don't want to be the one if it happens to leak out, right? He even say, <laughs> "It's so great." It, it honestly might be a better bet now than it ever was. Tomorrow. Yeah, just, cur- just because the current of the number, and I, I just think there's going to be a lot of that. Because you don't know if it's going to come out that 48 people voted for him, and who are the two that didn't? And it's a witch hunt. If you're concerned about that at all, why risk it, right? Like you, you're probably choosing between three or four guys, anyways. Like Aaron uh, just laid out, and it's going to be too easy to just be like, "Bah, Demar Hamlin, move on." I feel, I feel like we're clarifying a couple of things today. One is, I think that. And I think that, again, we have Jason Weingarten on later. I know there's a lot of Kobe Turner buzz this morning, but we're going we're gonna to expose why this happened with Kobe Turner this morning coming up. Uh, Will Hill joins us. He is, of course, the star of uh, not only many of Eason program, but mainly the Beating the Book Megapod and the Bear Bets podcast, both college and pro football versions. You can follow him on Twitter at NotTheWillHill, and he's got his own podcast back called Shoulda Bet More. Will Hill, how you doing, man? Gilly, what's going on? Yeah, had had the Bear, Chris Fleek, on yesterday, had you on a few weeks ago, so it's been fun, sort of despite the lackluster guests, but uh, I will have Aaron <laughs> Schatz on tomorrow, and I, I'm not going to take no for an answer. I'm, I'm not going to let him be wish-washy. I'm going bu- to bully him into some answers. So right. Actually, I booked him over the weekend. I didn't know you were having him on, so I'm going uh, to grill him a little bit more than you did. You're, you're not going to bully him out of anything. I mean, that was the one thing that he said like right before the segment. He's like, I'm going to have to be a little coy on some of this. 
because he's he just he, as the closer it gets, the more coy he gets. But you can bully him. We'll see what happens. Him and Sando were both great about that. Like yeah. it was, yeah. you could tell because like the Heisman voters, they get told to shut up. I think at a certain point. And there's a thousand of them. Right. There's a thousand. So it's so dumb There's only with fifty them. of these. Yeah. yeah. Um, what did you think about comeback? Did did that sound to you like it's Hamlin? Like I mean, do you believe in that thing where it's like uh, I don't want to be shamed, so I'm going to bet on him. I'm going to vote on him. Probably. Did he mention? I'm sure he mentioned it. Did he mention if the if the votes are public or he, he's worried it'll get out? He's worried. That, that was definitely. If they're not public, yeah. they the only okay. way they would be is if there was some kind of witch hunt about that, right? Where it's like yeah, those are my words, not his. Where it's like, hey, everybody voted for Hamlin except for one person. Let's find out who that is. You know. It'll probably be Hamlin. I don't know if Flacco's playing this week or if that even matters. I mean, Flacco's a great story. I, I, I'm kind of where it's a coin toss with Hamlin, Flacco, maybe 55-45 after hearing that, that it's Hamlin over Flacco. I don't think it's anybody else. I knew he threw out Lamar. I don't think Baker Mayfield will win it. So it's no. probably those two guys. If you've got good positions on Flacco, yeah. um, you, you can just pretty confidently, I would think, unload on Hamlin and I don't think there's a third candidate that's going to steal and vice versa. If you got a good number on Hamlin, you can play Flacco. Not that the, there were outrageous prices on Hamlin, but more so if you have Flacco at 100 to 1, I know there's people had him 250 to 1, you know, 60 to 1 all the way down to, to whatever he is now. Uh, th- there is a nice, pretty clean hedge there, I would think. Is that what you were texting about this morning? Are you Are you debating how to hedge that or was that something else this morning? No, I was curious the defensive rookie of the year because that's a market I don't I don't really know a lot about. I haven't followed. I think I, I put in Carter and a couple other guys really small bets earlier in the year where I, I just I haven't tracked that. I'm not that interested in it. I don't I don't know how to judge that. I don't. There's not a lot of buzz about those guys. There's not ways to measure those guys. It's it's hard to measure defense anyway. But the the movement is interesting. And you know if you have multiple books, there's some that haven't really adjusted yet. Uh, I'm curious that the Kobe Turner case here. This is really interesting, but. I guess Anderson would be the guy that could steal it. I know Car- uh, Aaron said he's still leading towards Carter. I just th- thought it was interesting, the line movement. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> and he's coming on later, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I've sort of hinted at it where oh. j- this is Jason, right? Like Jason Weingarten is coming up. This, sure. is, this is how, you know, we think about these things as these broad things. But when it comes to awards markets, particularly something like defensive rookie of the year, which is arguably the least talked about in terms of everything we've talked yes. about all year. So Jason Weingarten, who's coming in, frequent guest of the show, regular guest twice a week, um, gambling porn, as you once called it, he he basically requested Kobe Turner. Sure he did. And so... After he he got back from the post office. After he got back from the post office, (laughs) he was like, oh, one more thing. Could you get me Kobe Turner on a betting board? And so, you know, he has a case for it, right? Because Kobe Turner's had this unbelievable season that has gone oft not talked about by most. I'll raise my hand. I haven't really talked sure. about it. So there's a case for it, but it, but what happens is this buzz is created. Oh my God, Kobe Turner, what do you think about Kobe Turner? But it's just one dude requesting him. That's I a- wonder if the odds being more public now and you know, you sit there on Christmas night, everything on Twitter was the odds shifting with the MVP. I wonder if the odds being more public and gambling being more prevalent, if there's a, if that factors in, if there's a self-serving, uh, a self-fulfilling prophecy where these voters, these writers see, oh, Kobe Turner's near the top. Maybe I should vote for Turner. Maybe this guy's yeah. near the top. I wonder, I wonder if that factors into it. I don't know that it does, but it's just an interesting aspect of it with, you know, the, the odds being more just around now. Well, that's why I was joking. Like, you know, when Brock Purdy before the Baltimore game, I was like, it's Brock Purdy propaganda week on a numbers game, you know, so it's, it's part of that. Right. Part of that happens well, and, and with those guys too, like Turner and Will Anderson, it's just been like the past couple weeks, right? Like you're talking three and a half sacks over the past two games for Kobe Turner. Yeah. They put him at nine on the season. Will Anderson, uh, he's had four in the past two weeks to take him to seven on the season. So now like their sack numbers are way up. Yeah. Um, Will, week 18, have you made bets? I've made a lot. I, I, you know, I, I really think it, there's a theme here where these teams that need the game, there's a tax on a lot of their lines. I don't, I don't even know where to start. To me, I'll start with the game that I think there's the most interesting. Uh, you touched on it yesterday. The Ravens and the Steelers, there are so many moving parts with this game because in 2019, the Ravens, Ravens were in the same position. They had a bye the final week of the season, uh, a bye in the playoffs. They played the Steelers the final week in the season. They rested all their guys, and, and they actually won the game with RG3. The great RG3, baby. That's right. Yes. But they lost in the first round of the playoffs with, with a three-week rest. Now, you look at it. They played Miami uh, New Year's Eve, December 31st. The division round isn't until January 20th, January 21st. Do you really want to sit your guys for 22 days? 
Um, I don't know about that, but the other aspect of it, especially when it didn't work last time when you lost right away in the playoffs, but the other aspect of it, if you're Baltimore, do you want to weaken the field? Do you kind of want to let Pittsburgh in? Hey, I'd rather have them in than Buffalo. Um, again, though, I, you go back to just the line. Plus, I think the fours are gone. It's plus three and a half. If these teams were both equally healthy and motivated, Baltimore at home is, what, eight, nine-point favorites? There's at least seven on a neutral field. You give them a couple points for home field. So you got like a 14-point adjustment. Huntley's not a bad backup. I mean, he's one of the better backup quarterbacks. You could say he's the, maybe the best backup quarterback in the league. Plus, these teams, I think, when they have nothing to play for, they get a little boost from being home. Like, if you're on the road, maybe you just die and say, all right, Pittsburgh, you know, win your game, go to the playoffs. I think at home you play a little harder just naturally. And you mentioned Harbaugh likes to win every game, preseason game. So uh, I do like Pittsburgh. I think that's a fascinating game. I, I think your Washington team, I think that's too many points. Dallas on the road, outdoors, playing on grass, out of their environment where they just they score a million points. I know they didn't last week, but uh, a few of these lines are just, to me, too high. Bears-Packers is another one. And who the hell are the Jaguars to be laying five on the road to anybody? <laughs> you know, it's either Lawrence, who's banged up, or Bethard. Uh, so to me, these teams, the, the, this motivation is completely like way overpriced into the market. By the way, you said I like Pittsburgh at the end. You meant I like Baltimore at the end. I do like Baltimore, yeah. yes. Okay. Like Baltimore. Uh, and then national championship uh, on Monday, of course, uh, Michigan four-and-a-half-point favorites oh, uh, against UW. What do you like there? I don't think I've been too guilty of overlooking Washington. Like I liked them the other night with the points. I thought that was a coin flip game. I just think Michigan's going to be able to line up and run the ball for like six, seven yards a clip. I think Michigan wins the game. Harbaugh wins his championship, rides off into the sunset. I'm fascinated to watch Penix and those receivers versus the Michigan defense. I just think Michigan's too many points. Uh, they're going to score too many points. I like Michigan's team total over as well. Team total over. Okay. Will, um, congratulations on the podcast again. And here's hoping you get better guests than the schmuck like me. Step Appreciate it up. It, Aaron Schatz right, on the next. Should have been, uh, should have bet more at not the Will Hill on Twitter. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.